that shows God's love and concern for his children. And it reads, my precious child, I am in control. I am sovereign. I am able to make things happen the way I want them to go. Yes, I allow you to make your own choices. And I know you don't fully understand how these ideas operate side by side. But I am able to work within and around the choices you make to cause my ultimate purposes to succeed. Hallelujah. For this, you must trust me. Ask me about your choices and plans. My wisdom is yours if you ask. Amen. All you got to do is ask. I want you to cooperate with my plans. When people around you don't do that, be assured I am still in control. I will fulfill my plan. Their choices are their own, but I am still in control. Trust me. I'll use it for your good. Signed lovingly, your heavenly father, the king. Now, I know some of you are having a hard time in the sixth month of this year. There have been more downs than ups, more outs than ins. And this week alone could have drove, driven you over the edge. With everything that's happening nationally, statewide, and personally, you could have went over the edge. But if you are a believer, say, I'm a believer if you are a believer. I'm a, I'm a believer, and you have some things, you have reasons to be thankful. And if you are unsaved, he gave you another chance to become a believer. Amen. Amen. I don't care how you slice it, you have reasons, we have reasons to be thankful. What does reason mean? To be conscious of the benefits that's been given to us. Hallelujah. So we have reasons to be thankful. What benefits do we receive? Can you breathe right now? You walked in here on your own steam, right? Yeah. Some may have limp. Some may still have back pains and back problems right now. But at least you can still be thankful because he thought enough of you to give you the strength to make it in his house. Hallelujah. Amen. So in Psalm, this 37 in Psalms, one of the reasons why I like the Psalms so much is because they are real life. And that's why they help us. Whatever circumstances we are going through, as different as they may be from the psalmist who wrote them, so many years ago there are many similarities. Right? Now this psalm is a sermon to man and not God, though it is a sermon about God. Amen. It's a sermon to us. Not to him, but to us, even though they're about him. Amen? There is nothing in it about prayer and praise. It's all instruction. In fact, this is what I call a teaching song. Amen? I believe the Lord wants to encourage us today, as they used to say back in the day, to keep 
on keeping on. Amen. Amen. To keep on keeping on. And his desire is for us to relax because at the end of the day, he's got this. Amen. Amen. He's got this. Say, he's got this. He's got this. So relax. <laughs> he's got this. Amen. Amen. So this is what God wants you to do. Don't worry about them. <laughs> Don't worry about them. Verse number one and two says, Fret not thyself because of evil doers. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity or wickedness. For they shall soon be cut down like the what? And they will wither as the what? Green herb. So don't worry about the wicked or the evil ones. Don't worry about them. Don't fret. We spend too much time worrying about what they are doing instead of what God is doing. We worry too much about what they do instead of what God is doing. Amen. Anxiety, it, this way. it seems that anxiety and aspirin fills our stress-controlled lives. <laughs> right? It seems that there's a pill for this. There's a pill for that. We subscribe a pill for that, for a pill for this. We got something for this and take that for that and that one to do this one. If you do that one for that one and this one, it seems like anxiety and pills fill our stress-controlled lives. Amen? Yes. Now, the truth of the matter is we are derivative creatures who can't ultimately control the world around us. We can't control what's going on around us. That's not our job. That's God's job. Quit trying to control people. Quit trying to control circumstances over which you have no control. Because ultimately, God is in charge and he is what? In control. Amen. It all sounds simple and our worry and anxiety should vanish. Unfortunately, worry kills more people than hard work. <laughs> worry kills more people than hard work. I heard it put this way. Worry is interest paid on trouble before it happens. <laughs> worry is interest paid on trouble before it happens. Worries, check this out, are as ancient as our earliest forefathers and that God has been in the business of taking care of them before we were even born. Right. So worry is nothing new to God. It may be new to us, but it's from day one, God has been taking care of worries. Amen. Amen. Dr. I heard Dr. Tony Evans says it this way. Today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday. <laughs> Today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday. God is not only the God of today, but he is also the God of, to God of tomorrow who is already in your tomorrow today. Amen. Amen. Let me repeat that. God is not only the God of today, but he is also the God of tomorrow who is already in your tomorrow today. 
Sometimes we worry about things we have no control over, including people. We get aggravated and angry at people we know who aren't living right and they seem to be prospering. Mm. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Yes. That's okay, baby. That's okay. God is good. Amen. They might even seem extremely popular and seem to be the life of the party, but in the by and by, they will be what? Cut down as grass. And they will wither as the what? Green herb. Those who follow Christ, if you are a believer, we should be living differently than the wicked. We should not resemble the world. There should be a marked difference in our walk as we go through these things. We should not look like them. In fact, the world we're supposed to influence the world so much that they want to look like us. Not the other way around. Now, what an un unbeliever might last, what an unbeliever gets might last a lifetime if they are lucky. But what we get from following Christ will last for an eternity. What an unbeliever gets lasts throughout this lifetime. But as a believer, what we get will last throughout an eternity. So guess what? Number one. Don't worry about them. God's got it handled. He is in charge. Like he said, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious or want what they got against the workers of iniquity. For they shall what? Soon be what? Cut down like the grass. And when they're cut, they will wither as the green herb. So God wants you to don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. And number two, he wants you to trust him. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. Trust him. Verse number three says, trust in the what? The and do good. So shalt thou do what? Dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be what? Fair. So he wants you to trust him. Trust in the Lord means to rely on. To put confidence in. To believe to the point of relying upon him and to be secure. So when you trust in the Lord, you are secure in him. What does that mean? No matter what comes, nobody can pluck you out of his hand. Right? And if you are secure in him, you can trust him because of that security. Right? Because God will never let go of you. But the problem is you can't trust someone you don't know. <laughs> huh? Amen. For those who are married, <laughs> one of the major things that that has to happen is you need to be able to trust the other individual. Now, when you first start dating and everything is all sunny and, and everything looks good and you all get all that butterfly feeling inside of you, and you think you can trust them, hmm? but sooner or later, <laughs> something's going to show up and say, wait a minute, I'm not so sure. But one thing I know about, this, one thing I know about God is this, you can trust him. If you have lived over a day, you can trust God. Right? How many have been through a lot of things? 
are some things. Some things that you even thought you could never get through. Something God brought you out of and you didn't know how he brought you out of. Some things you never thought in your mind, how can I get out of this? God, you have got to get me out of this. Guess what? Even though you may be in the middle of it today, he got you out of something yesterday. And that should build your what? Trust in him. And the main reason why you should trust God because he is worthy of your trust. Unlike men, women, boys, and girls, he never lies and never fails to fulfill his promises. The Bible, in fact, says in Numbers chapter 23, verse, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he not said and will not do? Or has he spoken and will not make it good? But unlike men, he has the power to bring to pass what he plans. Hmm? All right. Now, the things we trust will be tested severely. We trust in our finances, and then a recession hits. We trust in our jobs, and then they are gone. We trust in our friends and then they become Judas. Duh. Right? <laughs> Stab you in your back. Drop a, what they used to say back in the day, drop a dime on you. Amen. But dime you out. We trust in our health and then the doctor says cancer or some other disease. Things, the bottom line is this, things and circumstances change, but God never does. Things and circumstances change, but God never does. He is still good when it's the worst for you. Amen. He is still up when you are still in your lowest point. Yeah, right. He is still, he's the God in the valley, the same God in the valley as he is on the mountaintop. He is the same God. Yeah. Amen. And you can trust him. Focusing on your circumstances will hinder you from seeing him as he really is. And what is that? The almighty God. Amen. He is the what? Almighty God. God almighty. And guess what? Because of that, he is standing ready to release his power on your behalf and to meet you with a miracle at your greatest point of need. Amen. So when you take your eyes off your circumstances and begin to view them not as problems, but as miracle opportunities that will allow God to move on your behalf. Let me say that again. So when you take your eyes off of your circumstances and instead focus them, focus them on and think about and think and, and divert your attention to understanding that these are miracle opportunities for God. Then you give him the power to move in your circumstance. God will not intervene unless he's asked. <laughs> so what does that mean? You got to pray. You have to seek him. But most of all, you have to trust him. Hallelujah. 
Trust him, even when it's darkest of midnight. Trust him. The Bible says, and at midnight, they prayed and sang song, and the jail began to shake, and they were what? Released. Hallelujah. God does miracles in the midnight hour. Hallelujah. And when you fully trust him, you will do good. Hallelujah. You will do good because you trust him. And because you trust him, you will do good. So trust in the Lord and do what? Good. Hallelujah. And then the next thing he wants you to do is to delight in him. Verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the, or give thee the desires of what? Delight yourself also in the, it says, Delight thyself also. So trust in the Lord and delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. To delight means to experience great pleasure and joy in his, in his presence. Yes. Yes. The Bible said in his presence there is what? Fullness of joy. Yes. And when you delight yourself in him, you delight yourself because of his word. Because you're in his presence. Yes. Delight like trust only happens when you know him well. Mm -hmm. So to delight in the Lord, you must know him better. Because knowledge of his will gives us delight. <clears throat> now, delight also means to encourage yourself in the Lord. David found encouragement by reviewing the victories God had given him. And that's what you need to do instead of looking over this past year's failures or this past week's failures. Look at the victories that God has given you or the things that he has brought you through. Now, we all got, like I said earlier, we all got something to be thankful for. Think of that thing that, that had you messed up this past week. And now think about you being here today to give praise to your God. Hallelujah. Now, when God sees you giving praise at a dark moment, he says to his angels, look at that one. They are praising me even though the doctor told them they got cancer. That man has just lost his job, and yet he is praising me. That one's light just got cut off, and yet they are still praising me. There is victory in your praise. Your praise is actually a weapon that opens up the way for God to command his angels to bring healing and comfort to you, and for him to pour out blessings on you that you won't have room enough to receive. Hmm? So it says again, delight what? Thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. Now let's go a little deeper. When you delight in the Lord, you will experience a radical shift in your desires. All right? In other words, you will no longer desire selfish and sinful things. Instead, you will desire the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, when you desire the same things God desires for you, your request will be granted. 
Now, because people get twisted on the desires because they think it's about them and not about him. But when you make your desires line up with his desires, right. he will grant your request. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah, right. Now, I'm not to saying that he, that as he's granting that request, that means he won't bless you in other ways. That's right. But don't take your don't put your focus on those other ways and not focus on the things that he desires. Hallelujah. Now this verse is not saying that God is a cosmic genie who grants every fleeting whim or selfish request. This promise points to a definitive transformation within your heart as you draw closer with him. Yeah. Now his response to our blood is twofold. He shapes and molds your heart to align your will with his. Yes. How? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Then too, he will grant you the desires that are in accord with his will and for his glory. Now that doesn't mean every request will be granted, but rather the desires of your heart will be fulfilled in ways that accomplish his purpose in your life. So all that to say is, you need to praise and not pout. Don't complain, but shout. Because God is in charge. Yes. You can delight yourself in him. Yes. So don't, you can praise and don't what? Pow. Stop complaining and start to what? Shout. Right. Because God is in charge. So therefore you can relax. Yes. Because your will is lining up with his will. And as your will lines up with his will, you can say, your will be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So relax. What? God is what? He's in charge. Charge, control, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. You can just say, relax, God is. And then you can fill that blank in with whatever you need to fill it in with. God is my strength. God is my joy. God is my peace. God is in charge. God is in control. God is my life. God is my salvation. God is my strength. God is, God is, God is, God is my healer. God is in the midst of my circumstances. Even though I don't see him or feel him, he is there. He is already in my tomorrow. Today. Because he's the God of tomorrow today. Amen. Hallelujah.
by talking about it with your friends and, and, and giving power to it with your tongue. Speaking right to that burden over and over and over and over again. If you are carrying a heavy burden, it's because you have not God asked God to lighten the load. Sometimes you count blessings, and what you need is to count is to do is count your burdens and take them to the Lord and leave them there. Those burdens, but then take them to the Lord, and then you just what? Leave them there. And when those burdens try to creep up in your ear, because the devil's gonna keep talking, you tell him to shut up. You got authority if you're a believer, you got the belief, you got the authority to tell the devil to shut up. In fact, you have the authority to put him under your feet. <laughs> or you've got the authority to tell him to get thee behind me, Satan. Resist the devil and he will do what? Flee. Amen. Don't receive the devil because if you receive him, he ain't going to flee. In fact, he's going to get more powerful and make you carry the burden that you thought you left with God. To commit means to entrust everything. Your life, your family, your jobs, your possessions to his control and his guidance. It means to trust him, believing that he can care for you better than you can care for yourself. Now, I, I'm going to give you a little one of these illustrations that I heard, <laughs> and it was through a vehicle by the name of Uncle Charlie Wilson. <laughs> it's good, though. It was good. He was doing what they call what, a red desk thing. And Donnie Desk, and he was talking and doing his set, but then he had to stop. And he said, You know, uh, I used to, I was, a, I went from rags to riches, from riches to rags. I went to the curb, went to being homeless. Charlie Wilson used to sing with the Gap Band a long time ago, made, sold millions of records, had lots of money. But he got hooked on alcohol and crap. And it took him down. And he said, he promised the Lord, if you get me out of this and sing and let me sing or do something in music, I will always praise you no matter where I am. So during this, he said, I have been clean and sober for 28 years. And so I am going to tell them everywhere that I go, that it was only God who brought me through. Because he took better care of me than I could do for myself. So what am I saying to you? Commit your way to the Lord because he can take better care of you than you can of yourself. Hallelujah. And don't be ashamed of the name of the Lord. Don't be ashamed that he brought you through some things. Don't be ashamed that you used to be a drug addict, that you used to be an alcoholic, that you used to be this or that you used to be that. You used to be that. Hallelujah. But when you commit your way to the Lord, you become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Means your record is wiped clean. Hallelujah. Hmm. In a perfect world, you wouldn't need God to be your refuge because there would be no threats. 
But in this fallen and broken world, we desperately need him to be our refuge and our strength. Hallelujah. And as we talked about earlier, Paul told us that the person who is walking in the spirit of God will see the fruit of the spirit. Then he goes on to tell us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God will transform you. By renewing your mind, if you simply be committed to allowing him to do that. Yes. He, will do, he will transform you by renewing your mind. If you simply commit to him, which will allow him to do just that. Yes. But it requires action on your behalf. It takes you to commit. <laughs> it takes you to make that step. It takes you. It takes you to make the effort. Amen. And then elsewhere, Paul reminds us as believers, we need to set our minds on things above. Because your mindset as a believer is important and it involves commitment to allowing God to do his work in you. And then one last example that I will use today from Paul is in Ephesians 5, verses 5, chapter 5, verse 18, the New Living Translation, which says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when you drink excessively, you are submitting to a process that will leave you having little or no control over what you do. Hmm? When you drink excessively, you are actually submitting to a process that will, that will, will expose you or, or make it so that you will have little or no control over your life or what you do next. Have you read about people, or you watch those shows on TV sometimes, those uh, uh, whodunits or whatever you want to call them, or somebody who, um, or if, like me, I watch, um, what's that? There's a restroom. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, the guy, the, the Clint Eastwood was a, a marshal, and they tried to string him up, and, and, and then he got away because they didn't know he was a marshal. And then he became a marshal again and started hunting down his killers or whatever. Hang him high. That's what it is. Thank you. Hang him, hang him high. Somebody will catch it sooner or later. Amen. He was hang him high. And he was catching people. And but this one man he didn't actually have to catch, but it was one man that got caught. He said, and he he had he had wife and children and family. He said, I drank some rock gut whiskey and I didn't mean to do it. When that liquor gets into you, it's of the devil. And it makes you something like this. It makes you do things that you normally wouldn't do. But because he had did that, he had to be hung till he died. No matter how much he 
apologized for it. He got under the control. He submitted himself to a process where he had no control over his body. And when you drink excessively, you submit yourself to a process where you have little or no control over your body. And what you and, and you get to choose what you do, but you don't get to choose the consequence. Yes, sir. Right. <laughs> Amen. Instead of submitting to that, you should submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, which means immersing yourself in God, in His Word, in Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Spirit so that you are controlled by Him and your desires will be shaped by Him. And when you are doing that, you are filled with His Spirit and are walking by His Spirit. And when you are doing that, He is faithful to produce fruit in you. Hallelujah. So when I said all that to say this, when you commit your way to the Lord, He will make sure that you are fruitful. Hallelujah. He will make sure that you are fruitful. So relax. God is in charge if you give him charge to be in charge. Hallelujah. How do you do that? Don't worry about them. Don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what you're doing. Trust him. Delight in him. And commit your way to him. Why? Because he is in charge. Nothing has escaped him. Nothing has gotten by him. He knows right where you are right now. The first step to that commitment is one, number one, if you're not a believer, become a believer. Number two, if you were a believer and, and you happen to step away or out of fellowship with him, get back connected with him. Hallelujah. And if you need a church, join us here at Liberty Church. But above all, relax, give God charge of your life. One way or the other. We are living in the last days. And it's more apparent every day. From the highest height in government to the lowest lows in the gutter. From the extreme right and the extreme left. And even those in the middle, we have to watch out what Satan is doing today. He is still out to kill, he's out to steal, and he's still destroying. Why? I'm reading uh, 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 Revelation, and his time is short. And it actually says that. His time is short. Amen. And he's trying to take as many with him as he can. Don't you be one of them. Mm. Amen. Amen. Don't you be one of them. Give your life to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Commit your way to him. I'm not saying you'll have to be perfect. Nobody is. But what I am saying, you'll be in fellowship with him. And he'll be with you all the way. Hallelujah. He will be your refuge. He will be your strength. Yes, yes, yes. You can put your trust in him. 
There is no failure in him. We fail all the time, but God never, ever fails. And you'll know the thing is this. He never loses. <laughs> he has never lost a battle, and he ain't about to start now. Amen. So if you don't know him, receive him today. And if you left, if you stepped out of fellowship with him, get back in fellowship with him. If you need a church home, please join us here at Liberty Church. We'd love to have you. Please stand. Amen.